My friends, right now, or any time in your life, have your hearts ever been troubled? Have your hearts ever been troubled? The first line of Jesus to his disciples in today's gospel is, do not let your hearts be troubled. And I don't know about you, but many times in my life, my heart has been troubled. And right now, there have been periods in this time of the pandemic when my heart has truly been troubled. And yet our Lord says, do not let your hearts be troubled. And the whole of our gospel it takes us deeper into this mystery of not letting our hearts be troubled. So today I want to break open this gospel with this in mind, that our Lord does not want our hearts to be troubled. And I want to do it in light of today's, um, the, the women we honor today, our mothers. So once again, happy Mother's Day to all of you mothers out there. And I'd like to use in a special way the, the example of our Blessed Mother Mary, to guide us through the Gospel. We hear in the Gospel of Luke a couple times that Mary saw the things of the Lord. She saw what, the fact that she's becoming the Mother of God. She's seeing all these great miracles, these mysterious actions of God in the world. And it says that Mary pondered these things in her heart. She dwelt upon them in her heart. And I think that's a wonderful example for us as we look at our gospel. We must ponder these things in our heart. So as we begin, I'm going to start off the homily by telling you what I want you to do. My friends, when you finish, when we finish this Mass, and throughout this day and throughout this week, I want you to pray your rosary. The rosary is such a humble prayer. And it's a prayer that myself and so many Catholics don't fully understand. I don't get the rosary all the time. And yet, it is a powerful way to do what Mary shows us, what she does, to ponder the things of God in our heart. So as you pray the rosary, I want you to, to, to meditate upon, to ponder the things of God in your heart. That's why we, we pray the rosary, to ponder the mysteries of God in our heart. And also, as we enter into this, I want to use an image for us um, as we think about mothers and, and Mother Mary and praying the rosary and, and real, really praying, meditating, pondering things in our heart. What our Lord is going to do in this gospel is pull us out of ourselves. So often we, have, we, are, we are selfish. We are broken through original sin and broken through the actual sins of our lives. We tend to turn in, to think too much on ourself. And what does this, this selfishness that's turning in on ourself, what does this do? It makes, us, it makes our hearts troubled. St. Thomas Aquinas said that the, the, the deepest way or in the most powerful ways that our hearts can be troubled is sadness. Sadness. And sadness is often a preoccupation with me. My wants, my ego, my selfishness, my desires, instead of being focused outward. And we can get very much caught up in this, this idea of like myself and versus God, and I have to focus on God. And, and we, I often take this very seriously. It's a very intense thing for me. But an image came to me this morning that I think is very humorous and kind of gets me out of myself, and I hope it does for you too. 
when we focus on ourselves in this selfish, sinful way, it's like being taken through the grocery store with our mom. And I've seen many mothers do this. I don't remember when I did this. I'm sure I did this. But when we want something that we shouldn't have and we get all pouty, our mom will sometimes drag us through the grocery store. We don't want to move. We are, we are consumed with our own desires. And how often do we see this in a grocery store of a mom or dad pulling a child through? They're crying. They're pouting. They just want to drag their feet. They don't want to move. And it's kind of an agonizing sight to see. And kids, don't do this. Don't, don't, have, don't do this for your parents in the grocery store. It's not good. Not fun. Um, so compare that, that selfishness, that preoccupation with oneself, with a child realizing that, okay, I have to follow mom and dad. I have to listen to what mom says, and she is going to give me good things, that she has my best interest in mind, that she is good, that she loves me. And so we're going we're gonna to wipe the tears out of our eyes. We're going to kind of, like, maybe we'll express what we want to our mom. But we're going to walk forward. We're going to keep going throughout this grocery store. And there is a certain being pulled out of ourselves and looking up to mom, looking up to dad, as the one who is good and one who takes care of us. This is a great image for us, just to put it out there in a humorous way, the preoccupation with ourself versus looking back up to the one who loves us, the one who takes care of us and knows truly what is good for us. So with this image in mind, let's dive into our gospel. Jesus does not want our hearts to be troubled. And if we take our gospel and ponder it like Mary does, a couple things are going to come out to us. The first insight we're going to have this morning is Jesus' full attention on God the Father. Notice throughout this gospel that Jesus does not put the attention on us or even on himself. It's always directed back up to the Father. That he and the Father are one. That in his Father's house there are many dwelling places. That he says only what the Father tells him. So Jesus' attention, like a good son, is always directed back up to his Father. And this gives him peace. This gives him joy. So Jesus tells each one of us, if you don't want to let your hearts be troubled, instead of focusing on yourself, follow me, focus on me, and I am going to direct your glance your sight, your entire being to the Father. And it's beautiful. And my friends, I want you to reflect on this. this. We could go on and on about the mystery of just this passage in our gospel today. Think about the mystery when Jesus says, Philip, I've been with you for so long, and you still don't know me. Do you not understand that when you see me, you see the Father? That the unity that I have with God the Father is so intertwined, is so united, that when you gaze upon me, your gaze is automatically directed up to the Father? Philip, do you not see with faith? And for us, like my friends, I know that many of you know this, 
Many of you know that when you focus on God, you receive a peace that does not come when you're preoccupied with yourself or the sufferings of the world. But like Philip, we forget. We are forgetful people, and we need to be reminded. Put your attention on Jesus, and Jesus will direct your attention back up to God the Father. But what does this do? What does insight do of focusing our attention on God the Father, focusing our attention on Jesus who, who tells us God the Father is good and he wants good things for you? What well, points us to other insights we have in this gospel? Right after Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled, he turns to what the Father has prepared for us. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. And if there were not, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? All right, right here, let's stop. Pondering these things like Mary in our hearts, pondering with our rosary beads, pondering in our, in our prayer. We can go by this line without thinking about it. But here's a, here's a question for all of us to sit in for a couple minutes. All right, my friends. The dwelling places that Jesus is talking about are in heaven, are they not? They're the dwelling places in the mansion of heaven. Jesus says, I am going to prepare these places for you. So let's ask ourselves, are the rooms in heaven, the room prepared for you and for me, are these places dirty? Are these places cluttered? Are these places in disrepair? Is like the sink somehow like leaking? Like the bed just destroyed or something? Does Jesus have to like ascend into heaven to fix up the divine mansion, the divine rooms of heaven? Is this what Jesus is saying when he says, prepare a place for you? No, this is not what Jesus is saying. This is not what he means by prepare a place for us. There are different ways when we can think about this idea of preparation, preparing a place for us. We can take off the table the idea of the, the rooms of heaven being in disrepair. But another way we can think about this is that another way we can think about this passage is this. Do we, do our hearts, our lives, this world, do we need to be prepared? to enter the heavenly dwelling places. If you died right now, if I died right now, would we be in a state to enter them? I don't know about you, but for me, my heart is broken. I still deal with the, I still deal with the effects of sin in my life all the time, daily. And if we're honest with ourselves, we all do. So Jesus is saying, I am going to prepare a place for you. I am going to prepare you to enter into these heavenly dwelling places. And how is he going to do this? Think about the context of our gospel today. When does Jesus talk about, when does Jesus have this dialogue with his apostles? This dialogue is during the Last Supper. He gives us the Eucharist. He gives us his body and blood at this last supper. He gives us the priesthood at this last supper. But Jesus is also preparing himself that the day after this supper, 
he will go to die on the cross. My friends, when he says, I am going to prepare a place for you, I am going to prepare your hearts to enter into the divine dwelling of God, he does this preparation on the cross. When, he, when those nails are driven into his hands and his feet, when he suffers and the pain of the weight of the sin of the world is placed upon him, that is the preparation he is talking about. The preparation that makes us whole, that prepares us to enter into heaven. In our minds, at least my mind, is cast to another part of this gospel, and that's, that's part of this gospel of John. And Jesus says, do you know what I have done for you? And we should dwell upon this. Do we know what he has done for us? Upon, do we know what his cross, his suffering, his agony has purchased for us? That unity with God, that relationship with God first and foremost, and next, this preparation of our own hearts to enter into the dwelling of God. This second insight brings us into a, a last, a third one that can bring up some of the, the current situations that we're dealing with. I'm sure many of you, when we ask the question, are your hearts troubled right now? Many of you, whether or not you would verbalize this or say it out loud, would say, yeah, Father, my heart is troubled for many things. And you telling me that, that Jesus wants us to focus on him and the Father, that's wonderful news. That's great. When you say that the Father, through Jesus, is preparing a place in heaven for us, through his death on the cross, is leading us to eternal life, that's all wonderful. But Father, that seems so distant, so separate from present tense things, agonies of my own life right here, right now. And what are we supposed to do about this? Perhaps I'm ill in the hospital. Perhaps I'm in a nursing home. Perhaps I have issues with my family, my kids, my spouse, my friends, through whatever it might be, my issues with my job. I may not have a job. And I'm looking perhaps at weeks and months of financial, of relational, of spiritual and emotional agony. And Father, these words of the gospel seem so distant, so far away from me. My friends, we are to take the words of the gospel and ponder them like Mary because there is, there are words of hope for us. The Lord is speaking to us and we need to push even deeper to see even more clearly the message of the Lord. So first and foremost in our gospel today, Jesus points out this relationship of love the Lord, the Father wants to have with us. If we look forward to chapter 16 in the gospel, we see this, and aren't these wonderful lines? Jesus says, For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have came to, come to believe that I came from God. 
My friends, putting aside all of these other promises and expectations, the gifts of this life, even heaven itself, Jesus says the Father loves you right here, right now. You're made for him. And we look back at the gospel and we think, okay, Lord, how are you going to do this? Not in some distant way, but here with me. And in order to see this, we have to, to fast forward a couple verses in chapter 14. And we read this. I will ask the Father, Jesus says, and he will send you another advocate or helper to be with you always. The spirit of truth which the world cannot accept because it neither sees nor knows it. But you know it, and because it remains with you, and I will be with you in you. The love of the Father, the love of Jesus, does not just remain in heaven. Because God the Father, God the Son, send the Spirit to us, He remains with us Always, whatever you're dealing with right now, know that the Lord is with you right here, right now. One of my favorite passages is Isaiah 41.10. Do not be afraid, I am with you. Do not let your hearts be anxious, for I am your God. I I will help you, I will hold you up, I will support you with my victorious right hand. The Holy Spirit is always with us, always, and we must invite him in more and more to recognize his presence with us. And just listen to the wording of Jesus. He says, I will send you another advocate. This literally means helper. And think about it, like, think about someone next to you. Jesus does not send you the divine watcher. The divine like, observer, you know? I am sending you someone to watch you, and that's it. No, no, I'm sending you a helper, someone to stand with you, to, to be with you, to uphold you, to help you from the inside out, to be with you always. And what a great news this is. Like if God just said, I'm going to send you a watcher, like I have people watching me all the time. You know, whether it's social media or whatever, my family, friends. God, what I need is a helper. What I need is you. Right here. Right now. The words of Scripture, the words of Jesus, are words of life. They're words of truth. They show us a peace that the world cannot give. So on this Easter day, and upon this Mother's Day, I invite you to take up the words of Scripture, and I invite you to especially do it with the rosary. Ask Mary to be with you. Ask Mary to send you the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, the Divine Helper, to be with you in your heart and your life. That yes, Jesus is preparing a place for you in heaven. He's preparing you to enter in with him into glory. But you have to say yes to him. You have to recognize that the Holy Spirit is with you right now. So 
let's go to our mother Mary, who pondered all of these things in her heart. Let's say yes to Jesus like she did. Let's do whatever Jesus tells us to do just like she did. If we follow her example, our hearts will not be troubled. Our hearts will not be anxious. But we will rather realize that God is with us. He is with us always, supporting us, lifting us up, helping us. And my friends, our Lord loves us. And this is the message that he wants to proclaim throughout this world.